Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Sports to the max. Remember I told you that Gopher team was there down three, though, with a minute left. Guess what? Luke Lowe hits a tip in. They win it on the road at Pitt, 54-53. They go 6-0. It's their first big-time test of the year, and they win it. Prentice Perkins, how does that happen, man? They've got all these kids from the transfer portal, and, and they, they go into Pitt, uh, a place that should be a tough place to play. You played in the Pac-12. You know what tough arenas are like. Yeah, played against yeah. Damon Stoudemire and Jason Kidd, the best, the best. How, how do they win a game like that? You go in there and you play. You play hard and you leave it on the court. Who did you? Who did, did you ever win at Arizona or at Cal when Kidd and Stoudemire were playing there? Nope, I, nope, no. I got, I got, Jason, I got a uh, UCLA though. Did you? I got UCLA. I got Oregon. I got Bradbury. Yeah, I, I got a few of them. What were those? Were those hostile crowds? What were they like? I mean, just. You know, you know. At the time, it was the Pac-10. It was the biggest yeah. thing going. To me, it still is. You know, you got tradition there. You got UCLA and Arizona as far as basketball. You got the Dub and USC. So, you know, the Pac-10 is big. You know, every night when you lace them up, you know that you're playing against some pro prospects out there. So, I mean, you know, it was it was real. How did they find you at the Dub? You're playing in a, in a junior college in Wapaton. How how did they find you? Well, man, you know, Mike, not to toot my horn, man, but, you know, I took them kids out there in North Dakota State College of Science, which ranked in the country. So, I mean, they had to come take a look. Well, they put you, you put them on the radar, and they said, well, who's doing it? <laughs> we got to check this out, huh? Yeah, something like that. I mean, where they did they come out to Wapaton, or did they see in a tournament, or what was it? Um, I'm I'm not sure if you're familiar or remember Stu Sterner when he was making Yeah, Stu Sterner, sure, I know Stu, yeah. Okay, he had I had committed to Sterner at San Antonio. They had made a good yeah. He was run. at UTSA, and Mark Obering was his assistant. Yeah, yeah. And well, uh, uh, Trig Johnson, that yeah, big Trig, yeah. For a minute, he came in, and his speech was beautiful. Everything he had to say was nice. He made sure I was going to eat, so you know I made my way out there. That's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. Now. Yeah. Uh, when you were playing, did you think that the NBA was in your future? Was it overseas? What 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 would have happened if it would have played out for you? You know, honestly, Mike, uh, I didn't. I really didn't grasp it all until it was over. You know, once I once I was sitting there uh, in the Reformer Court in St. Cloud, and I seen Damon Stoudemire go seventh, and they were making these picks, and then Sports Illustrated put an article out. Um, talked with Steve Nash, and they said that uh, Washington had picked his guard over Nash. And it was just so many things that I started to see 
like, man, I messed up. You know, I made a mistake. Because you were watching the draft from a prison, right? Yes, they came and put me in SIG. Um, they said that... I, SIG means I solitary like, confinement or what? Yeah, yeah. They said I looked at like I was going through something. You know, it's like number seven, Damon Stoudemire. Then I even seen Tyus Edney get drafted. And it was like, yeah, let me go take a break in the cold room. Oh, so they they were watching you watch the draft, and they said nothing good's going to happen here. He might he might burst, so they just put. <laughs> it was later. I found that it was already set that I was probably going to miss the draft show probably for a few years that I was there, and but I did miss it that first one. Yeah. Okay, so so uh, incarceration is something that a lot of kids are going to deal with as they come out of this because a lot of them are getting caught doing the wrong things right now. And they're 15 years old and they're 16 years old and, and there's carjackings, there's everything else that's going on inside the city. Do you think that they see anything beyond quick cash? Can, can they really comprehend what it means to sit as you just did and, and, and go to solitary confinement or something like that? Can they grasp that, or is that just too difficult for them to even comprehend how bad life can be if they make the wrong decisions? Well, you know, Mike, if if your heroes are locked up, you know, or are in the streets, a lot of times you're, you're probably going to follow that. And a lot of uh, the kids today, their, their parents, female, male, are locked up or have been locked up or have been away from them for a, a nice amount of time. So, you know, generally they just start not to care. They don't care about it. I mean, I mean they don't see – there's not much risk because they, they don't see the downside of anything. If, if, if the downside is incarceration and their heroes are incarcerated, who cares, huh? I mean, basically, it's like if I'm not going to go to the NBA, NFL, or be a rapper, what's life? What do I got? So now I might as well just roll the dice, huh? Yeah, and so you know, and then it's, you know, I it it was I I don't know they're getting these guns pretty easy, but it was it was sort of hard to get a gun when I was younger. Well, why are they getting them so easy now? I don't know, Mike. It's it's intriguing when you see you know you sit there, you say thirteen year old shot five year old or. 16-year-old shot this person or night. you like, they don't even have jobs. How are they getting the money? You know, and it ain't that money, it ain't that much drugs going around, so I don't know. Prentice Perkins is our guest. He's a great basketball player that I've known for 30-some years now and incarcerated several times for drug dealing over the years, and he and I keep up, and he keeps me up with uh, a little bit about what's going on in the street and the mentality of it. If you're a 16-year-old and you go, if you're, if you're incarcerated, uh, do you become easy prey in a lot of different ways inside of prison or not necessarily? Um, I met, it's a lot of guys that's my Facebook friends now. They were 16, 17 coming in. Um, some grow up quick. Some grow up real quick because they uh, they come to learn, realize that it's not a game in there. Um, and it just, you can, you know, like I said, I see them on Facebook. They're grown, they're ready. But it, they had to get there and get that lesson. You know what I'm saying? Because right now there's not a lesson at home. There's no lessons at home, and so they get the lesson in the joint and come out and they be okay. So, so for some, it really does work. You're saying? Yeah. Oh, you get straight. I mean, you'll get it together. But if you know, if you go in there and they hit you on the hand, you shoot somebody. They say, "Well, we just give you five years." You probably just got slapped on the hand, and and um, a lot of people don't see that as a blessing to come to get an opportunity at the world again after doing something so dumb. 
So if you're a young prisoner like so many of them that we're seeing that, that are, uh, are being arrested right now, what do you do when you get to prison? Do you seek protection or are there, are there ways that you can be protected in there? What, what do you have to do to survive? <laughs> First of all, Mike, it's been a long time, okay? But okay. Um, when I went in there, it was they they click on right away to people. Um, a lot of times they use the term crash dummy or send off. Most of the young guys are sent off on little missions. Um, regulars in the hole. Um, they're they're forced to get. You find out how many people really can't read and write when you get in there. Literally, huh? Oh yeah, a lot of people can read and write, but they can rap real good. I don't get it. They can rap really good, but I'm like, how can they understand what they're rapping about if they can't read and write? Isn't that somehow smart they really are? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. so I mean, a guy. What do you do? Do you just keep your distance? If you, based on what? How do you decide who to who, uh, who it's worth forming an alliance with, or dare I say, a friendship with? Um, as far as the young people, you can you know when you see a young guy come in, you can pretty tell the way he carries himself, how he talks, and you know if he's pretty mature, somebody will take him under the wing and you know grow him through and show him the ropes in the joint. But a lot of the loud rambunctions when they're coming back. Because they do the whole time in seg, and they do the they they it's they do the warrior thing in there, you know, fight and and go crazy and do what they need to do, and then they get out and they get merits for that. When they get out, yeah, they be having little merits for that, and uh, you was in the joint, and, you know, that's a big thing to young people right now. You mean to come out of the joint and be seen as a tough guy? Yes, that's big, right? Really, now. that's a badge of honor, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, Mike, when I was young and I went in and I came out, you know, you go in and you come out, it's, you know, it's, it's not a college degree or a high school diploma or nothing, but you survived a, a tough test. You know, you really did. And there, are, pe- and there are people that hold you in esteem for that. Yeah, Minnesota's a real protective prison system. You know what I'm saying? What does that so, mean? Uh, heinous crimes and silly crimes. Those people aren't really going to get touched. Um you're young. They, they, you know, back when I had went, they had the young people in a section that didn't seem mature. They had them in a section so that they wouldn't get hurt because old timers don't like young inmates. Oh, in general, huh? In general, no, they don't like them. Prentice Perkins is our guest. He and I have a longstanding relationship for a, uh, a lot of different reasons over the years. We've stayed uh, connected and uh uh, he has one interesting story to tell. You know, I knew him as a basketball player, and obviously, as we mentioned, been incarcerated several times and um, all kinds of different things. Um, Prentice, when uh, we see right now, of course, with these kids going in and we see that, uh, do you sense as you watch this from afar, uh, do, do they fear, fear the police much right now or not? No, they don't care. They don't I care. I mean, it's a long-standing history, and and this seems to be that generation that ain't going you know, um, they they did push us around and bully us. The police did. They're not. This generation is not going for it. Now, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. But they're not. They're not going for the bullying that we went through growing up. So they're just not going to take it. No, no, they ain't going to take it. They're going to do what they got to do. And. That's just going to be, and, and whatever consequences that come, and it's, it's appearing that it can range up to death right now, whatever consequences come, they're ready for it. They don't care. 
You know, um, Kim Potter is going on trial now, uh, the police okay. officer that shot uh, 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 the young right boy and, and thought it was a taser, she said, and, and it wasn't, and, and he died. And um, obviously it was it was on Brooklyn Center, created quite a stir. Now, I'm not asking you to speak for, you know, for all African-Americans on the north side of the suburbs, yeah. anything like that, but but is it is it possible, uh, j- just take me inside as best you can, uh, the mindset of the inner city, is it possible for them to look at Kim Potter and say, you know what, uh, I believe that you accidentally thought you were shooting a taser and you shot a, uh, a gun and it was an accident that you killed him, or, or is that not a place that people will get to? I've, you know, I've, I've sat in the barbershop and had conversations about this. Um, a lot of times, because the kid that got murdered had a history. Yep. And a lot of times police get in the community and, you know, you know, if a family's crying, can you please catch the guy that, you know, killed my whatever, and please, we got him. I believe that she, she knew, she knowingly, my opinion now, she knowingly shot this man, but she thought that because he had done what he did, she was going to be, awarded for it so so that is there an opinion like that out there yeah i i believe so i I believe so i believe there's plenty of of black males that have been in the streets very instrumental doing the things that they do and when something happens the police already know who they're dealing with and then not they just don't you know you have so much fear when you run up on it person after hearing about him like oh he may have he may be carrying that they're scared already okay so so why is it that i would believe that she made an honest mistake with the taser and you would believe different than that is it because i'm white and, and you're not or is it because of what you see well, why would i accept that and say it seems to me that this was an honest mistake well i mean She's been in the force for a little while, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, taser, a taser and a pistol do feel different, you know? Um, and you're tr- you're supposed to be trained for this. So we can't have mistakes like that in situations like this. See, there can't be a mistake with a gun. Mm-hmm. It can't be no mistakes. No, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I feel awful for everybody involved. But it, it, it just seemed to me that this could be an honest mistake because why would you? Why, why would it mean that much to shoot somebody when you could have tasered them? Because you were scared. Because you knew he had the word was he had murdered before. And that was the word on the street. That was the word on the street. Um, when we see these deaths that, you know, young people that have been drive-by shootings and all these things, maybe unintended, but it still happens, and we can't find the perpetrators, we can't find the people that pulled the trigger. Uh, many of us are confused by this. Do you think there are a lot of people that know who committed these heinous crimes, or there's only a few, or why is it so difficult to figure out who did it? Well, we do want our kids saved. But we don't want our kids in jail. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay, so we're not giving anybody up. We we'll we'll deal with it. We'll cry and we'll deal with it. But we don't feel we don't feel that there's enough justice from the police right now to be running and calling and telling. And so people right now have it's have began a vigilante move. You can see it. You can see it yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in the house. You know, why go out there when you know that there's people? You know, I had a friend. 
and uh, he had he had killed the guy, and uh, he beat the case, and he was still hanging out with the family, and some years went by, and the son killed him. Okay, so you feeling where I'm going with this? Okay, so wait, now he killed another person. He killed the person, okay. and his son grew up six, seven years later, and came back and killed him. The son of the person he killed? Yeah. Okay, because he knew who it was. Yes, he did. And he didn't care that he beat the rat because he knew. There it is. Okay, so so I'm going to give you another example along those lines. And I'm trying to take people to a place that most that would listen to this show don't go ordinarily. And I think it's very important to do that because you have to understand how it really works, not just what you want it to look like. That's right. Yeah, That's so right. so I meet this guy, and, and he, um, he got shot up at uh, afternoon. Young person came and shot him three, four times. Now, he lived. And uh, it was in the middle of the afternoon, and um, uh, he was on a playground or somewhere like that. And he yep. says he doesn't know who did it, and he can't name it, blah, 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 blah. And yep. so when the police come and talk to him, he, he can't name who the gunman was. He can't give an accurate description, et cetera. And you're going, you got to be kidding me. It was the middle of the afternoon. There's people, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What does that mean? Is that code for if I give that name up, I'm going to pay a price? Or is that another way of saying I will deal with this? Street justice. And that means what? I'll deal with it. That's what it means. Yeah, that's how it pretty much is going because we, as a community of, of black people, they never really seen the police help much. You know what I'm saying? They, so, they, so they're not like going to cooperate even if, it, even if it's supposed to help them, they're still not going to cooperate. You got unsolved murders. Yep. You know, um, and and, you know, honestly... It depends on who got murdered rather than investigation is thorough. <laughs> I see. So there's a so, feeling that it depends on the profile of the case, who was the victim, etc., as to whether or not they're really working the case hard. Exactly. So it's a waste of time to go down to go downtown. They say, well, tell us who you think did it. And while you're sitting down there, you're giving Prince, too. While you're, to, while you're, while you're the victim, you're giving Prince and checking in, too. <laughs> Okay, then yeah. last question for you, because these, these conversations you and I have, I think, are incredibly fascinating for people on the outside listening in, because, again, it's what it's really like. We had Johnny Turnipseed on it. Do you know Johnny? I've heard the name before, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't help but hear the name if you're in North Minneapolis, right? Former gang member, uh, gang leader. And, and, and he was talking about being incarcerated in St. Cloud as well, and that the prisoners there that were, that were organized and good, he said, could get anything they wanted. He said they would have... Uh, visitors come up and the visitors were hookers and, and, and they, they'd have sex in another room because they'd pay off the guards. Now, I don't know if this was in St. Cloud or where it was. So I don't want to say it happened. He's a lot here. older than me. He's a lot older than you. What, you're saying it didn't happen when you were in there? I'm just saying it, it, inside the walls. Married, is, I was married in prison and, you know, and that's, you, you know, that's the old case for a conjugal, but I don't remember. But yeah, there, there were slip-ups with guards that, that inmates had and there were different things that happened. I mean, it's, it's real life. It's mm -hmm. real life, but I don't. I don't. You don't I, recall you know, that specifically, but I guess a, what I'm saying is, side, he got to play Atari or something. Is is there is there a is there a lot going on there, and is there lots of ways for people to to get drugs and things like that inside the walls? Um, I mean it's it's a it's a whole world, and but the sad part about it is is it's a really it's a really unfair. You know, I mean, yeah, you broke the law and your pain and no, you shouldn't be able to do these things. But some of the mental and emotional abuse that go on in there 
probably shouldn't go, and that's why people come out a little silly. And what would be an example of mental abuse? Um, you know, come in your room, you got an extra orange. You know, you ain't getting no money coming in, so you might have took an extra orange or a salt pack from the kitchen, and they'll take your privileges. I see what you're saying. So, so, yeah. and you have no rights. There's no way. To okay, no. we got to go. You know, I I love talking with you, and and we'll do it again soon because I, okay. I find these conversations fascinating and enlightening for our audience. And, and you know, I said this before, Prentice. I think you appreciate. It. I said everything that you've done in your life, I would despise, and yet for some reason, you and I sure get along well. And I, I can't explain it. Well, Mike, man, once you get to see the real world and you get out here and you get to see things, everybody's not your enemy and everybody's not your friend, you know. Yeah. And so you got to pick and choose. And you wanted the good guys I picked. So <laughs> that's what it is I, with me. When we were, I was up there in St. Cloud, went and did a story. We were outside the St. Cloud Penitentiary. And I said, what do you think of when you look at that? And you said, well, I was the best basketball player in there. <laughs> that's it. That's all. You know what I'm saying? That was it. That Every was it. I went to. You know, a couple times I signed an autograph or two here or there, and a lot of guards were I always had favorite with the guards. Um, when I when I did some in, in time in Iowa, it was a little different because um, everything I said was I, I wasn't this basketball player. I, I didn't do you know, and so it was a lot different, and uh, and it was a little harder time. But you know, time is time away from your family is a big loss. And it's just, it's you know, stagnation is 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 evil. I hear you, just man. be stuck I somewhere you. is evil, Mike. I, I got to go, or I'm in trouble. But thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. All right. Sweet, Take care, Mike. Thanks. You got it, Sweet Pea Prentice Perkins. Plenty more to talk about when we come back. I just those conversations with Prentice Perkins are just. I'll get lots of comments on them now. People email me and whatnot, and you're right. I mean, they, they are fascinating, and they are so important for many of you to find out how the world really works inside the city because the rules are different. It's a different game, and at minimum, you need to at least understand them, and it helps you understand the rest. We co- I like eclectic shows where we jump all over the map. So we go from that to Pat Thompson. Who's Pat Thompson? Well, he just managed a baseball team that won a national championship in Florida. Oh, yeah. The minimum age? 75. We'll explain when we come back. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Some guys, they say he's good for the game. He's good for the game. Pat Thompson is good for the game of baseball. He's good for the fountain of youth. He's good for keeping people optimistic. He's a great success story in uh, getting involved in over 35 baseball, which became over 50 baseball, and now is over 75 baseball. And they go down to Florida and they win another championship with him as, uh, serving as player manager. And it reminds us that we're never too old unless we think we're too old. Pat, congratulations. Well, thanks, Maxie. I was, I was smiling as you were... Uh, making the introduction, uh, we're smiling these days after our trip to Florida a week ago. Now, explain, educate people. I think a lot of people are going, what, what do you mean? They got baseball. Yeah, yeah, you know, those of us, the baseball circuit know it. But I mean, what, what do you mean? They, they 75 and over. What, what, what is this all about? Explain what this is all about. There, there are two uh, national tournaments that are held every year. Uh, one is called the uh, Men's Senior Baseball League, MSBL, and that's in Arizona. That attracts about uh, 400 teams and about 6,000 players. Wow. And also in Florida is the Roy Hobbs World Series. Uh, they attract about uh, 300 teams and 5,000 players and several age groups in both those tournaments. And we were fortunate enough this year to take two uh, teams uh, uh, called the, the Minnesota Saints in the 70s division, and they call it that. They call that the Timeless Division. Okay. And also the 75 division, and we call that the 
forever young division, and our 17 players in that division are forever young, especially after winning six or seven games and to win the championship over the defending champion 7-2 uh, to two, a week ago last Saturday. Well, so, t- I mean, how many pitchers do you have? How do you delegate the innings on a team like this? I mean, most of us get to be around 30, and we, we, we don't have our fastball <laughs> anymore, I, I, let alone, you know, strength of shoulder or elbow. Uh, how, how do you manage, how do you find enough pitchers? Well, we, we have we have se- we have 17 players this year, and a couple of them were hurt. We, uh, Paul Smith of Waconia is a catcher. He caught two games with broken ribs. Oh, my. Uh, uh, so you, you know you you're going to have injuries. He couldn't uh, Paul couldn't hit, but with a 17 man roster, we were able to uh, schedule our pitchers. Uh, we had four or five pitchers that uh, alternating. Uh, our our main pitcher, which, who started two games and pitched two complete games, including the championships, a gentleman called L. Alt from Waukesha, Wisconsin. We have, we have 12 Minnesotans on that team, uh, two from Wisconsin. And a, you know, a couple from uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and uh, our, our main pitcher was Al Alt. We had another. We had one unusual thing about this team. Uh, we had two uh, OBYN uh, gynecologists on our team. Oh come on! So, they, so they're here's the deal. They, we know that they thrive under pressure because they've delivered <laughs> thousands of babies. What's the baseball team to them? And, uh, one one of them's a pitcher. He won three games. Uh, Bernie Bacala and the others, a, a gentleman by the name of Jeff, Jeff Blatt from Fort Washington, Pennsylvania. But our Minnesota uh, boys, if I may, uh, really carried the day for us on on that championship game. We were we were down one to nothing in the, in the uh, second or third inning, and a gentleman by the name of Tink Larson from Wasika. Oh Minnesota, yeah, the Tinkster, yep, legend. The, the the Tinkster. He started our winning five run rally in the. In the second or third inning, by getting hit by a pitch on the helmet and on the helmet, on the helmet, and that was the the third time in the tournament that he got hit in the head. Well, tell, tell he, me, he's finally using it for good. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but you know, it it seems like his, his neck grows a few inches when that pitch comes in, and, yeah. and sometimes sometimes the other the other managers thinks that he might have done that intentionally. Not take not to not to get a competitive advantage. Yeah. No, and especially if he yells before the pitch gets there, which <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you uh, yell ouch before it hits you. Now, now, just take how much fun is this for you this week with the guys and playing baseball? Oh, it is. It's just, you, you, you laugh so hard you can't believe it. Really? Uh, you know, when we play the game, we're all you know it's all serious. But I mean, we we laugh about it before, after, and sometimes during. But uh, it's it's just a it's a treat. I mean, you. Now, the 17 guys we had on that team are, come from a really diverse background, and they're all just great guys, great citizens, uh, particularly the, the 12 from Minnesota, just wonderful people. Where do you, where do you stay? Do you stay in uh, uh, Airbnbs? Do you, do you get hotels? What do you do? Everybody's different. Uh, some people even own their own uh, places. Oh, sure, that makes sense. At, at age 75, if you're from the north, you might have a place in the south. Yeah, yeah. People stay in hotels. Uh, Judy and I, uh, for two weeks, rented a, a condo and just off of Sanibel uh, Toll Bridge uh, for two weeks. It was we got it through uh, Florida Rentals. Did, did you go over to Sanibel a little bit? Uh, we went one time uh, sightseeing because we were playing a lot of ball. Yeah, uh, 
a lot of great restaurants there, so it's a great it's a great place to vacation and just a you know great area. So a typical day, you play a ball game and then what? You guys uh, uh, go go eat at Shoney's or uh, what do you do? Well, we can uh, we yeah we uh, we played every day at ten o'clock. Uh, w- uh, one day we had a, a double header. Uh, you know we usually go out to eat and sometimes we're just too tired and we sleep we sleep well. That's pretty cool. And, and now these are all, you know, we talk about your, you know, the, the uh, 75 and over, but, I mean, there's, there's, there's brackets of age groups throughout. And, and for whatever reason, Pat, am I, am I wrong in this? Hasn't Minnesota been well represented for years in the Roy Hobbs tournament? It, it has in both tournaments. Uh, you know, my Saints team has actually won 12 national championships in the last. Uh, really? In the last uh, 12, 12 years, right, yeah. Wow. And, 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 and you, I mean, what does it do for you in terms of, you know, j- just your mental um, uh, disposition on life when you have this to look forward to all the time? It's, well, it's just, it's a big boost. And, uh, you know, thankfully, um, you know, Judy, my wife. Oh, yeah, great lady. She puts up with it, and sometimes it takes a lot of time, and I'm really indebted to her for for going along with it. and. I, I used to, I kid her when I say she she says a couple of things uh, during the ball after the ball game she says uh, where are we going to eat and yep. who's going with us and that's it and, no and then she says you left the pitcher into them <laughs> now 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 when uh, do do most of the players on the team wear masks is COVID a big part of it the last couple of years most of the guys vaccinated what is it. Most most of our guys are vaccinated, and we did not wear masks this year. Uh, last year, uh, you were required to wear a, a mask until you got to the dugout, and we happened to be down there during uh, when a, a tornado, a, a hurricane was 30 miles offshore, so they canceled part of the tournament. So that was that was not a, a happy experience for that, and uh, we wore masks all the time. This year, there was uh, we did not wear masks on the field or in the dugout. Okay, because it's just evolved there. Most guys vaccinated, you're outside, et cetera, huh? Right. Yeah. Now, now, I had a guy come up to me the other day, Pat, and he said, uh, I wish I could remember his name. I can't remember. And he goes, uh, uh, you guys almost beat us in the state championship. I played for Anoka. Remember oh, that remember night? That. Yeah, I played for Pat for full disclosure here in the over 35 team for Eden Prairie. And we got to the state championship. And uh, it was funny. My point being, here we are over 35. And, and, and we're going hitter by hitter because it was an incredible game that went uh, like 11 innings. And it was one of those situations where in the 10th they scored three runs. So it looked like it was over. Then we came up and scored three runs. And it was a back and forth like that. And, and I was amazed that, you know, you, everybody's like little kids the way we could remember. You probably remember that game well too oh i do i do i, I remember we kept tying it up and i remember yeah. that uh that we uh lost the championship in the in the 13th inning actually they 13th uh, yeah yeah they they uh scored some runs on us and uh yeah finally but it was like back and forth they'd score we'd yeah. score and i mean it was uh and I, I can remember being you know however old i was 38 years old, and, and, and the disappointment i felt was just like being a little leaguer you know yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fine. And and Maxie, you you were a great leadoff hitter for that team for you know almost a, a 
10 years. Oh, God, that was fun. That was fun. I was just with Jeff Elder the other day, ran into him, and give him kudos to Dr. Jeff Elder, who played with us at Eden Prairie, and when you managed, he is the uh, head of the emergency room uh, for North Memorial. And right. You talk about a guy who's been tested, obviously, with all that's been going on, and he has performed above and beyond and deserves a lot of credit for what he's done for all of us in the state of Minnesota. No, no question. No question about it. All right, I appreciate it very much, sir. One day, maybe I can, we can play again at some place, uh, some point in time. Uh, I know Carlos. I don't think has ever quit playing, right? No, in fact, he went to Florida and played on in the uh, over fifty three division, and he was named MVP of his team. Was he really? Yeah. Of course, we're not sure. He might be forty six. Yeah, Carlos Ubiera, a great ball Absolutely. player and a great person. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Pat, thanks so much, and congratulations, say hi to Judy. I will. Thanks, Maxie. You bet. Thanks Pat Thompson, calling. one of the all-time greats in the state of Maine. I mean, they just, it invigorates me when I see people like him. They just they don't get old because they never bother getting old because they just focus on staying young. And, and they do that by playing baseball. And they play baseball till they're now 75, 80 years old. There's a lesson or two to be learned there. Chris Taubes will give us his take on what he learns from things like that. The last hour, we got a, we got an ex-convict telling us what it's like in the joint. We got a guy talking about playing baseball over 75. I'm sure that Chris has simulated some thoughts from that before he does the podcast. Stay with us. Welcome back. Sports to Max. Timberwolves tomorrow night against Washington. Right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Chris Tubbs is a different kind of a last hour. As I mentioned, one guy that... Uh, had been in solitary <laughs> confinement and all tinkered with a career in the NBA. Another guy over 75 playing baseball. What would you get out of it? I think it's all, it's all about the experiences. Now, some of them are consequences of your actions, and some of those are intentional. Uh, I, I just tell you, it was, it was such a, a wide range, Maxi, because here you had, you know, Prentice Perkins talking about something, you know, th- when he was watching that draft and he realizes that he he messed up when he's watching yeah. you know the the, the guys, guys he, he played against yeah yep. the guys he played with the guys he played against and it just in my mind i'm i'm picturing that and just how much regret you have because your own actions put you in in that position no question and, and i know that there have been you know times where he's been you know in and out of incarceration but to have the um, the ability to to look at himself objectively now that's hard for people, especially after you make so many mistakes. Because some people don't want to take responsibility, and and I give I give him credit. You know, I, I give him credit from what I can hear. You know, you guys talking about. It seems like he's just trying to do the best that he can, and and trying to be pretty frank with his experiences. I mean, he's he's not. He's not going to sugarcoat anything, and I kind of like that. I, I, you know, the, the fact that, you know, it, it, some of the stuff when he explains it, you might not agree with it, but it kind of makes sense. It's like if you don't trust that the cops are going to catch the guy that shot you, wh- why why even bother trying to describe him? Because you could get hurt worse But if, if you give somebody up. You might as well just settle it. You don't, well, I, I know mm-hmm. that that's not logical because we have a system of laws, etc. but you understand how they get there. Yeah, and there are some people that – you know, the, the the system doesn't work for them. For whatever, the, the system that works for us doesn't necessarily work for them. So they have to do things in a different way. You know, they, they live life a different way than I do or yeah, than you do. And they have different expectations. Ab- they yeah, have different, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, 
I mean, I'm not saying right or wrong, but I'm just saying at least you get kind of an explanation, you know? Well, I, I think we can't go around with our heads in the sand. I, I think, exactly. you know, I, I think there's so many people, especially from wh- where I come from, where, you know, and, and you as well, Maxie, you know, you're from, you know, outstate Minnesota. You have a certain mindset and th- for the most part, that is your mindset when you're in that area. You don't. You don't get the opportunity to hear it from another person's and, point and of view. And I would say the same thing about the suburbs. Yeah, it's. I think it, the suburbs is just is the same way as outstate that way, and probably on the other side, the city too, right? They don't see the same thing where we go. Hey, you don't do that. They go, yeah, you do. I mean, I mean, it's all, it's all they know. Everybody lives in their own bubble, I guess. Yeah, I it, it's it's all they know, and people don't. Did, did you know anybody that did time in your life that you knew well? No, not not that I not that I knew well. Um, I, I can't. I mean, I, I can't say. I'm. I'm sure there are probably people that I knew that, you know, since moving away and doing my own thing. I'm, I'm sure there are people that have probably been incarcerated, you know, for several things. But I, I couldn't tell you right off the top of my head. You know, I couldn't say, hey, it's you know this person for this or this person for this. No, I got you. Just some, sometimes, you know, sometimes there is a person that, you know, you graduate with and I'll be, you know, 10 years later, you go, oh, my God, I didn't realize how bad it had become for them, you know? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't. I, I don't couldn't. have anybody like that either, but I just, you know, sometimes people have a great story like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean, you know, we're in a society where everybody's got to have, a, we're a one-upping society too, Max. It's like, oh, well, my God, oh yeah. you've got a story. Well, yeah, but I've got a story plus one. Plus one. Oh yeah, you got a story plus two. Well, I got a story plus two plus three. Yep. Oh, and then I also got this. It's like sometimes people just have experiences. You don't have to always try and one up them. You can always tell because that person that can't wait for you to finish your sentence because they now they they're not even worried about what you have to say. Cause yeah, yeah, but Max. Yeah, yeah, but Max. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, you got it. You got. It. But but yeah, it, it's. I think it's great when you just kind of let people tell the the stories in their own words and. Yeah. And because as much as we want to assume things, we can't because, like you said, if they're from a different part of society and they grow up with different norms, I can't I can't speak to that. And I'm not even going to try. That's why you you become an innocent bystander and you become a vehicle for helping them tell their story. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. And, and, And you just like you said. You don't have to solve it. Well, just listen sometimes, you know, and, 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 and you gain from whatever you'll gain from it. You'll gain from it, I guess. You know? Yeah, and there are a lot of people out there that they just want to be heard a lot of times, Max. Yeah, I mean, people have, people have their stories. They just want to be heard. That's, yeah. that's it. I mean, most people go around, they're like, God, I, I, wish, I wish somebody would listen to me. I, I wish, you know, it's like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Even I, if I, I, I don't nobody riots, listen. Right? Yeah. So. I mean, that's the riots in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will be heard this time. You know? Yep. Yep. All right. What, what, what's uh, Hank got coming up? Uh, he's going to be uh, talking with uh, former CCO uh, reporter Sloan Martin. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she's doing some TV for the Big Ten Network. From uh, what word on the street is saying, so she's going to be on. Uh, Andy Greeter is going to talk about the Gophers and the the Gophers' big win as well. And then uh, also Sheriff Dave Hutchinson is also going to be on tonight. So uh, we got a uh, a biweekly conversation. Coming up with the sheriff as well. Uh, don't tell him everything about yourself. Oh, no. Because it gets back to that incarceration thing I worry about. Again. Hey, man, you got to Google. That's why. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much, Tubbsy. You got it, Max. Appreciate okay. it. You be-
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.